Welcome to your best riding life. I'm your host, Linda Goldfarb. Each week, you'll receive tips and strategies from experts in the riding and publishing industry to help boost your best riding life. Let's get started. Today's industry expert is taking us behind the scenes of writing contests. You're going to love this. Eva Marie Everson is a best-selling, multiple award-winning author and speaker of both fiction and nonfiction. She is the president of Word Weavers International. You're going to find out more about that later on in our episode. And the director of the Florida Christian Writers Conference and the North Georgia Christian Writers Retreat, as well as the contest director of the Blue Ridge Mountains Christian Writers Conference. Eva Marie and her husband make their home in Central Florida. Welcome to your best writing life, Eva Marie. Thank you, Linda. It's so good to be here. Well, it's great to have you with us. And I know that our listeners are going to gain so much information that's really going to help them in their writing career, especially around the areas of contest, because this is kind of a a missing piece in their puzzle on the journey of their writing. But before we jump into our contest content, I want us to take a quick look at the inside life of a writer. So Eva Marie, I asked you to supply an interesting fact about you, but please understand with the other ones that I've I've received, I'm like, oh, well, that's interesting. But when I read yours, I was like, (laughs) no, this is amazing. It's not an interesting fact. It's an amazing experience. So if you would just take a moment and just share with our listeners what your inside life is about. Well, uh, it was uh, about, I think it was in the year 2000. Um, I know it was somewhere around 2000, 2001. Christian retailing, I I was really brand new to the and I say I was brand new. I, I had been around less than five years. I was brand new to the industry. Christian Retailing Magazine contacted me and said they wanted to do an article about me. So, of course, I was absolutely thrilled with this. And it was a, definitely a hot day here in Central Florida. I had gone for a walk. I came back in. I jumped in the shower. You know, my hair was wet. My body was wet. And the phone was ringing. And uh, and I answered the phone, not realizing that it was my interview. I, I don't think we had set a time yet, or I didn't think we had set a time yet. So I'm sitting there wrapped in a bathrobe, and uh, my hair is up in a towel. And uh, our our bedroom, the bedroom that we had at that time, was kind of a double room. There was a sitting room, then there was the bedroom, and then, of course, you went on into the master bath. But uh, there were sliding glass doors that led out to the screen patio, which overlooked a golf course. So I sat in the, on the love seat that was in the sitting room area to have this phone call. I was on a cordless phone. This was, you know, before everybody used their cell phones for everything. Birds were singing, sun was shining, and all of a sudden this dark cloud came in and I, I looked out because it, the whole room became dark. And I looked out into the, where the golf course was and I could see a sheet of rain coming. And even as I saw the sheet of rain coming, I saw a bolt of lightning heading toward the house. And it's one of those moments where everything happens in slow motion. And the next thing I knew, I felt like a knife hitting me in the cheek. And it was on the side where I was holding the phone. And I was catapulted across the room. And uh, and, and, and the funny thing is, is I was so upset that my my big interview with Christian Retailing Magazine was being interrupted by a lightning bolt. <laughs> 
as I'm sailing across the room, literally being not being catapulted backward, but being catapulted forward, I am yelling, hold on. <laughs> Whoa. So I came back to the phone and Sean Fowles was the, the name of the guy who was interviewing me. And he said, oh my gosh, what was that? And I said, I'm, I've got my hand to my cheek. And I said, I think I've just been struck by lightning. And he said, that's a shocking thing to say. <laughs> and he says, no, seriously, are you okay? And I said, yeah, I think I'm okay. And I thought this is, you know, I mean, you hear these stories of people being struck by lightning and dying, and I didn't feel any different. And I wasn't like John Travolta in that movie where all of a sudden he knew all these fantastic facts or anything. So <laughs> we finished out the interview and, um, and, and I got up and I walked. Now, remember, I mean, my hair was wet. I was still wet. I mean, this it's really a miracle. I got up and I walked into the living room and literally collapsed. And I was sick for like three or four days after that. It was like I had a horrible case of the flu. And, and so my husband, my husband wasn't at home, but he came home shortly after that, after the collapsing on the sofa. And as he's getting out of his truck, the neighbor across the street comes running over. And he said, man, I've been standing here just staring at your house. I thought it was going to you know, catch on fire. And my husband said, what are you talking about? And he said, a bolt of lightning hit your house. And so at least that was confirmed. I know my husband would have never believed it. But I have a, I, I have a place on my cheek that um, it, it will go down and then it will swell back up. And like right now, it's not like non-existent, although I can see it if my makeup is off. But periodically, it will swell up and, and become very obvious. And, and it'll kind of peel, almost like a, uh, like a burn. And it's just crazy. It, really, all these years later. So, yeah, that, you know, that is yeah, amazing. shocking experience. Yeah, it really, yeah, it, it definitely... Um, Everyone at Christian Retailing then knew who I was. Yeah, <laughs> that's me. <laughs> that's I mean, my story. So, Eva Marie, let's let's dive in here. Why enter writers contests? Well, I think it depends on whether or not you are um, published or unpublished. So, let's start with unpublished. Okay. If you're an unpublished author, why enter a writers contest? Uh, because it it not only um, trains you in following directions, which I think is one of the most important things that a writer can learn to do, is following the directions that uh, a publishing house gives to you. Um, uh, you know, it, whether it's book publishing or magazine publishing or blog publishing or whatever it is, you bet your bottom dollar. I, I'm telling you, you will hear this over and over from industry professionals. Writers don't read instructions. They mm. see them and they think they have them. And then, you know, what do you have? You have a contest director like myself saying you didn't follow instructions. And the problem with that is, is if you don't learn how to do it now, you are not going to know how to do it when you are addressing a, another industry professional, such as uh, an agent that you're submitting to or an editor who you are submitting to. And they tell you, this is what we want. This is how to submit to us and you're not you're not following directions because you're you're not used to following directions and so you don't send it in correctly they're going to overlook you 
The reason is because writers can be a dime a dozen and good writers can be a dime a dozen, but a good writer who knows how to follow directions is pure gold. And so that that's one of the things is to read the directions carefully and submit it in the format that you were asked to send it in and to do it, you know, accordingly. Every year we have people that just simply don't follow the directions and I think it was either last year or the year before last, I said to Edie, you know what? We are not doing these people any favors by going to them and saying, you didn't follow the directions. Please go back and follow the directions. I I think it's imperative that if they don't get it right the first time, that actually puts them down a a little bit on the totem pole. They need to know that there is a a penalty for that. And she agreed because we're, we're not just handing out awards. We are training writers to be good professional people. I mean, that this is an industry. This is a business. You are to be professional. We are all Christians. We are brothers and sisters, but we are still working within an industry and we want our writers to be their best. Here's, here's another thing. If you're an unpublished author and you're entering in several different genres, the editors and agents are there on awards night at Blue Ridge, at the Blue Ridge Conference. If they start seeing the same person going up over and over and over, that indicates to them, not just that they entered a lot of contests, but, or a lot of genres, but they are a good writer and that they're a broad spectrum writer as well. So there are people who are watching and they're paying attention. Another lovely story I'd like to share is uh, about two or three years ago, uh, we had um, an unpublished, you know, in the unpublished, section of of the conference uh, contest, uh, I said there was fiction and I sent it in to the judges and uh, one of the judges who was an editor, I mean, she was an acquisitions editor, called me and said, this is amazing. And I'm telling you right now, I want to contract this author. Wow. And I said, okay. And I mean, she said, she's the winner as far as, I mean, we had narrowed it down. I had brought in the top five And so now she had the top five and she said, this is absolutely amazing. I will offer her a contract at the conference. And I said, okay. And so I was able to put those two people together. The author never knew. She knew that she, yeah, she didn't know that she won, but she did know this editor wants to see you. And she, she was contracted. And then, and then another story, it's definitely one of my favorites at the Blue Ridge Conference an unpublished writer sent me her work to critique. She came up to me on about halfway through the first day. And she said, I'm meeting with you tomorrow. I said, yes. And she said, would you please be honest with me? Should I just give up and go home? And I said, absolutely not. Why? And she said, well, I met with someone today who said, this really isn't your thing. You should just give up and go home. I was furious I didn't even ask who it was. I didn't want to know who it was because I thought I will absolutely blow my top. You know, who who do we think we are that we would tell someone who's been called by God that they have not been called by God? And so I said, you know what? I, I'm going to meet with you later this afternoon and we'll talk. Now, was her work rough? Yes. Did she need some pointers? Yes. And I gave her those. I gave her the direction that she needed to go in. The following year, she entered the the unpublished contest. So she was still not published, but she had been working all year long, taking what I had given her and putting that into practice. And so um, she won. She won first place in fiction. I had nothing to do with that. That was judged by somebody else. 
So I was giving a keynote. And one of the things that I said was in the keynote, if you believe that God has called you, then these are some of the things you should do. You need to be at writers' conferences. You need to listen to the people who have gone before you. You need to enter contests. I'm I'm laying all this out. And, and with her permission, I told her story. And I said, you know, she was told that she couldn't, but she's still here. She's here. She took everything she learned last year, blah, blah, blah. She doesn't know she won the best novel. She doesn't know. So on awards night, I get up on the stage knowing this because I'm the one who gives out the awards. And when it came time for me to announce first place, I said, in first place goes to, and then I paused and I looked out. I I knew where she was sitting. I looked at her and I said, who says she can't be a writer? And I called her name and I mean, she got a standing ovation. It was awesome. It was so great. These are confirmations for us, you know, that. Yes. yes, I'm on the right road. Now, if you're a, if you're a published author, it's just a lovely little pat on the back. It says job well done. It's uh, you know, I've got awards all over my office and, and and it's a thrill. It's it's somebody saying, "You know what? You did really well here." And all the people agree. Um it's not necessarily going to bring attention to an editor or an agent because you're you're already there. But I think it, even as a published author, no matter how many times you sign a contract, there is always that, what am I doing here? Time, you know, because Satan loves to do that to us. He right, loves to, right. to to whisper in our ear, you're really not that good. Nobody really likes you. Uh, your work stinks, you know. And, and, and for me, it's reading a really, really well-written book and, and, and looking at it going, I stink as a writer. <laughs> this is so... <laughs> God, you know, and then all of a sudden you, you get a note that, oh, you finaled for this contest or, you know, you won this contest or whatever. And, and that's, you know, it's, it's just, again, it's all about that confirmation that you're on the right path. This is great. And when you mentioned Eva Marie, that contest help train writers to be professional, especially our unpublished writers, that is fabulous because that is truly why they're there. Not just being trained in the writing craft itself, but in the essence of due diligence and perseverance and correct submission. All of these things, they do make a difference and we're set apart to make a difference. Mm -hmm. So, Mm -hmm. you know, the expectations that we have for ourselves and really that God has for us is not perfection. It's, are you doing the best that you can do? And is that what you're basically laying before my feet? And as writers, we're held to that standard of, I want to present my best. It's not Susie's best or the other bestseller selling author's best. It is my best. If I can grab hold of that and present what I have with, you know what, I did everything I can, dotted the I's, crossed the T's, had extra eyes on this, and I'm presenting the best that I have right now. And to be able to receive that beyond the well done, you did what you needed to do and look where you are. And so that is really priceless, priceless. Yeah, I encourage writers. Yeah, enter contests, whether you're published or unpublished, enter contests. 
it has its place and its purpose for all of us. Absolutely. Now, are there certain standards that I have to meet to qualify for different contests as a, as a writer? Sometimes. Let's take the Blue Ridge Conference, for example. If you've already been published in a genre, you cannot enter a contest as an unpublished writer. Every contest will tell you what their specifications are. So, for example, if you are a fiction writer and you were supposed to send in the first X number of pages or X number of words, along with a synopsis, along with a character sketch, you know, that kind of thing. All of that will be laid out in the contest rules. And this is why I'm saying, you know, look at it carefully, read it, write it down, cross it off as you get to each one of those things. And then sometimes for published authors, it has to do with what year it was published, again, the genre, et cetera. So that's what you're looking at. And I love that. Read it, write it down, cross it off. I mean, Mm -hmm. these are the things that, you know, if we keep to this standard, we're always going to know what it is that we've completed. So this is this is perfect. That's it. So mm-hmm. okay. So what about entering multiple contests at one time? Yeah, why not? <laughs> why not? <laughs> so you can submit, right? If you have a book that's come out within their restrictions, you know, within their guidelines, and there are multiple contests out there. Mm-hmm. Why not? Why not? Yeah. I mean, I do. I, you know, if I have a book that comes out, I look at all the contests that would be appropriate, submittable for that book and away they go. There's typically a cost involved. So, you know, look at the ones that are going to be the, the the best bang for your buck, I guess you could say. You don't want to cast your pearls before swine. Not to say that any of the contests are swine, but, um, you know, you want to be careful with that. Know which ones are going to get the attention of the industry professionals, which ones are, you know, what's going to make the most sense for you and for your book. Right. So for our beginning writers, Mm -hmm. where do they find out about the writing contests that are out there? A lot of times uh, you'll find it in the uh, Christian Writers Market Guide for, you know, for Christians for if you want to, if you want to enter your book or your manuscript, if you're an unpublished author, uh, in like ABA or American Booksellers Association type contest, then you're going to just go and get the the Writer's Market Guide, which is a huge volume. And and it will have contests listed, just like the Christian Writer's Market Guide has contests listed. And as published authors, and maybe we have some newly published authors, are there publishing houses responsible to enter their books? Can they enter their books <clears throat> independently of their publishing houses? What are your thoughts in that area? Some will. Uh, it depends. And, and at one time, publishing houses were, were very quick to do that once you were published. They may do that more now for what is called the A-list authors. They don't do it as much for B and C-list authors. It's up to the author to look at that. A lot of things have changed uh, on the financial spectrum in the publishing world. That is one of them. I know when my book finaled, uh, my book uh, Waiting for Sunrise finaled for a Christie Award, I didn't even know it had been submitted but my because my house had done that, which was uh, Baker Ravel. 
uh, they had done that. And it was a complete surprise to me. And then, you know, I found out that uh, at other times, uh, other books had been entered into other contests. Um, and again, didn't know. I didn't know until I, I received the notice that I had finaled. But these days, because things are just different, you need to ask your editor, which contest might I expect once you're published and, and the book is doing well, might I expect that you will enter the book in and which ones do I need to enter the book in? And each publishing house is going to be different on that. And you mentioned because of the financial situation today as well, to note that when you enter a writer's contest, there is a fee associated with it. Are those fees different? Is there a standard? What would writers be looking at? They're definitely very, a lot of the unpublished contests run $25, $35, maybe $40 uh, a submission. And note that usually those unpublished contests, they are part of, they are attached to conferences. And that money is then used towards scholarships. So that money is not just, you know, somebody getting rich. So we do it at the Florida Conference. We do it at the Blue Ridge Conference. I believe ACFW does that as well. I'm sure that is what is done at most conferences when there is a contest attached to it. But uh, the larger ones, uh, like the, the Christie's or the Illumination Awards or some of the others, the uh, Golden Scrolls, et cetera, is still put toward good use. But those are those may cost more. I, I think perhaps the Christie is the most expensive and it's several hundred. I think the Illumination Awards runs about 90 to $100. There are different awards within the RWA, each RWA chapter, state chapters, and so then they have their awards and you don't have to be a member of that chapter. You can enter in as a non-member, but it's going to cost you more. Okay. So, you know, you have the Rita's and, and all of that. I mean, there's just a long list and, and they vary. The more prestigious the award, the higher the cost. And that would be expected. Mm -hmm. Very good. What prompted you to get involved in running a writer's contest? Alton Gansky called me and asked. <laughs> <That's> <laughs> I had just gone through a really difficult year, uh, about a, a, in all honesty, uh, about a year and a half uh, that on a personal level that was just so difficult, I could barely put one foot in front of the other. And he called one day and said, hey, I want to talk to you about something. And I thought, oh, gosh, you know, <laughs> what else? And, and he said, I've got an idea for cont uh, this contest, the Sailor Awards. And he laid it out for me. And then he said, now, if you take this on, you will also be the contest director for the unpublished awards, which eventually became the foundation awards. And uh, and I said, OK. And, I, you know, of course, I prayed about it. And God just kind of gave me this this vision. The hardest part is finding the judges, especially if you want to find judges within the industry, because we're all so busy. And so I, I thought about it and I said, you know, who knows genre particulars better than the readers of those genres. Mm. So I went back to Alton and I said, what if the judges were the readers? I mean, you say to a reader, I'm going to give you a free book. I just need you to fill out a form afterward. Oh, they're all over it. You know? <laughs> and, so, and so what I, what I did was I said, you know, I am looking for those who enjoy reading thus and such genre and thus and such genre. In other words, 
if you don't like sci-fi, science fiction, or dystopian, you're not going to say, oh, pick me, pick me, you know? What I find, though, is uh, if I have someone who, you know, reads a lot of, like, memoir, they, they love memoir, they know that genre. And so they can lay it up against the others that are out there and say, this is really good or this still needs some work. And of course, there's a a long list of things that they have to fill out. And that, I think, set the sailors apart because it's not the industry professionals. And, And the good thing about that is too often within the industry, we all know each other. And so, you know, we kind of have our favorites, you know, oh, I just really love this person and I love her writing or his writing. And so, you know, it it tends to go to that where if I send if I send someone who loves romance genre and I'm going to send them five books along with five scorecards that they're they're going to have, they don't necessarily know these people. You know, they're looking at honest to goodness, looking at the writing. And they're not friends with anybody. So they're just giving it their heart. This is this is just the truth of it right here. One of the things, though, to note, because, you know, sometimes a, a book comes in and we look at it, my assistant and I, we look and say, oh, man, this looks like it's really good. <laughs> so, And we kind of thumb through it. Oh, you know, I wish I was a judge for the, for the day. And so, you know, you send it off and it scores high, but it doesn't score high enough to final. Hmm. A lot of times that's just perspective. For example, we had a book this year that everyone was shocked didn't make it into the finals. Well, I knew it was like two points shy of making it into the finals, but it still didn't make it into the finals because we have we have this standard. And one of the things I said to Edie and Diane early on is I will not break the the standard because that's my integrity. Right. You see what I'm saying? So even if I like that person and the book looked good and everybody thought it should final, if it was two points shy, it was two points shy. It wasn't to say it's not a good book. It just didn't quite make it. You've supplied us with so much information that we can step back for a little bit and go, okay, so let me put this in perspective. Let me kind of summarize everything that's going on. And now I'm going to take a step forward. One of the forward steps every writer should take is belonging to a writing critique group. And I know that Word Weavers International has been around for a while. I'd like you to share a little bit about that. And if you go to word-weavers, W-E-A-V-E-R-S.com, You'll find out more. We'll also have it in our show notes, of course. Eva Marie, share a little bit about Word Weavers International. Okay, so Word Weavers International began in its infancy in in 1997. There were five of us who attended a mega church here in the Orlando area who were all involved in writing in some way. And we decided we wanted to get together and help one another, iron sharpening iron, to, to hone our skills as writers and to say, okay, what is the industry looking for and how can I get better and be better at my craft? And, you know, within a month or two, it had gone from five to to 10 and then 10 to 15. And then the next thing we know, here we are 23 years later, uh, as of this year, almost 24 years later now, and we are all across the world. I I became its president many years ago. Uh, Larry Leach and Sherry Cowell and I had a, a vision that we were going to form chapters instead of just having the Orlando chapter 
Uh, we would form chapters within Florida, and then it went all over the U.S., and then it went across the world when we opened up online groups using Zoom. And so now we have over a 1,000 members, and our, our whole point is critique, community, and conferences. So lending itself over to contest, often when we have our meetings, and we meet once a month, when we have our meetings, it is, I am going to submit this to a contest and I want to make sure it's the best it can be. And so you have like-minded writers sitting with you and we do cold critique, which means they haven't read it until they sit down with it, which is exactly the way it is for an agent or an editor at a conference. And so they're, they're looking at it and they're making those suggestions. They are just suggestions. At the end of the day, it's still your baby. You can do with it whatever you want. Even like it before you go to a conference and you turn it in to an editor or an agent hoping to find representation. You want it to be the best. Before you turn it into a contest, you want it to be the best it can be. And often when we look at our own work over and over and over and over again, we start to miss those little things. That's why we need each other. And we are iron sharpening iron. And we are an enigma because we are an industry that trains our competition and we do it happily. It's, it's an amazing thing, isn't it? We actually get yes. excited to train our competition. <laughs> so like I said, we've been around for a long time. It's uh, word-weavers.com and uh, you can find out more about it. If, if we don't have a local chapter in your area, you can join online groups and then perhaps you might want to form your own chapter. Um, one of the things that we are the proudest of is that mainly with our dues is that goes toward getting people to conferences who otherwise could not afford it. Excellent. It's very exciting. Word Weavers, I've not heard anything negative about. What a fabulous no. organization. And you're correct. In this industry, we help each other because we know that whatever we're doing for the kingdom, helping someone else mm -hmm. do what they're doing, helping them to achieve higher, to, to be better at their craft, that by design is who we are. And we're part of the body. It is so amazing to meet people who are so excited about your work and they want your work to excel. They want your work to be the best that it can be. And it's a fabulous community to be a part of. Most excellent. Well, Eva Marie, this has been a great time. Thank you Thank so you, much. Thank you, Linda. I know we're going to have you back on again because you're an expert in so many different areas. So I can't wait to have another interview set up with you. Folks, you can find out all the information in our show notes. I just want to say thank you for joining us. And I look forward to being with you next time on Your Best Writing Life.